um, I can visualise inside of myself and, and everybody this core of goodness which is always there and even though outside events might affect your behaviour or your reactions I, th- I think there's always that pure crystal core of goodness Hello, I'm Dave I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together There's two things I want to say to you before this episode starts properly. The first is that I've pretty much left it unedited. That's partly because it just seems to flow really well how it is. It's a moment quite emotionally open. And so the ums and stuff like that, they feel more appropriate. And also because generally speaking, I'm trying to leave more ums in. I'm trying to edit less because I'm trying to trust the material more. That's what all editors do, I think, as they go on. They edit less. Maybe I'll start editing more again in the future. I could probably go backwards and forwards on this. The other thing I want to say is that this conversation was had after the conversation that I'm going to put out next week. So basically this episode and next week's episode are with a wife and husband. And I had the conversation with the husband first and then I had the conversation with the wife. The wife is my aunt and I wanted to start with her because she's the closest connection to me. And also I think that this way round, I don't know, I think this way round will will work nicely. But during the conversation, we refer to me having just had a conversation with my Uncle Willie. And that will come out next week. So everything we say about that conversation is kind of a teaser for what's going to come out next week. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better. Today we're getting better acquainted with, well, Auntie Margaret, which is how I know you, but Margaret is your is your name, so hello. Hello, Dave. <laughs> I'm glad that you've actually made this happen, because I would have been lazy and, and not reminded you of it, I think, because we spoke about it first, didn't we? We did, yeah. When, when, when we'd, um, we were in a party atmosphere. We so. were, yeah. Um, I, I wondered if you would remember, in fact, and, and, and follow it up. So I'm glad you do. Well, yeah, well, I, 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 it's kind of my, you know, it's all, it's, sometimes I think this is all I ever think about is, 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 is doing this show. So, um, And I absolutely love talking to people about their lives. I never realised I, I that this was something that I would have in myself, but I really do. Um, and it's particularly valuable to me, you know, never mind the audience, because I get to talk to all of these people and, and get to know them better. Mm. And I think this is going to be a very interesting conversation, probably for me uh, and for the audience, I'm sure, But um, because you're my aunt. Uh, and as I was saying to Willie in, in his conversation, we normally don't see each other one-on-one. No, that's true. We're usually in a family group. Yeah, we? that's right. We did come up to you and Jen uh, when we were bringing some of the, the bits and pieces that Granny's. Um, that's right. Yeah. Given you from her house, didn't we? But you that, did, I think yeah. that's the only time it's been just the four of us. Together. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's, yeah, that's that's true. And and a lot of the time that we've known each other as well, I've been a child and you've been an adult, and yeah. now we're both adults, and so this is a, a different kind of interaction than, than I guess we we, we grew up. Well, I grew up uh, knowing. Um, so the first question that I ask everybody, which we're touching on a little bit, is how do you know me? I don't know you very well, do I? Because I, I don't know your your views on, on important life issues. Um, <laughs> I only know you as my nephew, and um, as we said just now, uh, a nephew I haven't seen an awful lot of, certainly not on a, on a, a one-to-one basis. That's right. So I know how I remember you, over the years, you know, the, the, the few times we have met. Um, I can remember you as a little boy when you lived in Wales. Do you remember in, in that cottage? Yeah, there? I do remember that cottage. Because we, 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 I think we came a couple of times when, when you lived there. So you were, you were quite young then. And even then, you, you loved hats. You always <laughs> liked I? to have a hat on. I didn't know that. So that's something I, I associate with you. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because you used to try Granny's hats on um, when when you went to her house. Oh wow! Yes, you, you don't remember that. No, that's really interesting. For me, I thought that I started getting into hats when I was kind of a teenager when I moved to Coventry. But that's really interesting that I was already into hats. I don't get to wear them as much as I'd like these days because I often have headphones, and so when I have oh. bigger headphones, I've got these smaller ones now, so I'm getting the hats back. But yeah. Can't you get special hats for headphones? You probably can. I should look into yes, that. I think I read that somewhere. <laughs> I have to get you one for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, well, and the second question that I ask everybody is, what do you do now? <laughs> it's that I, awkward question, isn't no, it, at a party? Uh, yes, but um, <laughs> it is at a party, but funnily enough, it doesn't seem awkward to tell you. At <laughs> no. A, no. At a party, I feel... I ought to come up with something that sounds um, a bit important and more interesting than what I do. But um, because I'm retired, and you would think I've got all the time in the world, I uh, I find I have more of a busy life really than I've had heretofore. It's 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 astonishing how how the time gets swallowed up by <laughs> the little bits and pieces that I do. Um, shall I tell you a few of the things? Yeah, why not? I belong to a reading group, which I absolutely love. And it's made me read far more than I used to. Uh, It was set up about six years ago, and it's fairly local, but there are four of us in this village and then four of us, four four other people in neighbouring villages. And we take turns to meet in one another's houses once every six weeks. And we take turns to choose the book and... um, then we discuss it. The discussion's led off by the one who's chosen the book, and then the others join in. And I've read things that I would never have dreamt of reading. Yeah. And it's just broadened my, well, not only my my reading uh, life, but my life. Because the more you read, the more you learn, the more you understand people. Hopefully, the more you get to know about people. Um, we don't just read fiction. It's mostly fiction, but uh, we also do uh, autobiography, biography. Okay. And uh, so that's the reading group. 
I sing, which perhaps you knew. I belong to Siren Sester Choral Society. And we sing sacred works, and we sing them in the parish church in Siren Sester. Okay, yeah. And uh, so that involves a lot of rehearsing. Uh, every every week um, we have a two-hour rehearsal. And we're coming up to a concert next weekend, so it's all at this jittery stage at the moment. But <laughs> it'll be lovely yeah, no, on the I day. know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. I do yoga. So is it a choir? So is sorry, so is it a choir then? A bit, yes. A big, so, a, yes, a, 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 yeah. I used to do. I used to be in South Wales and County. Oh, I can never remember the name of it. South Wales and Cardiff and South Glamorgan County Youth Choir. So I did. Did you? I did. Uh, uh, forays requiem and things like that for oh, a while. Dave, yeah, I didn't know that. no, that was. I really loved singing in choirs. Actually, I wish I, wish I, one day I'm going to get back into get that. Get into yeah. it, yes, again. Because were you young? Were you soprano when you when you uh, sang? No, I was second tenor when I sang. Oh, right. um, and so I was. It was I was sixteen to eighteen, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I sort of gave it up to be a rock star. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Because yes, your singing didn't um, didn't peter out. It was, it was just the choir changed. The, yeah, well, it's funny because everything you learn in choir is you have to unlearn to. Well, I thought you had to unlearn to be a rock star, but actually, I've learned over the years that the the real op, the best option for me is to try and find a halfway point and incorporate some of the qualities of my voice as a choir singer into the into the the rock music because actually um weirdly i was the the third kind of music that i singing i did was musicals and that's again slightly different from from choirs so kind of taking all of those influences and trying to m- make something that's authentically my voice rather than try and because like when i used to sing in bands i used to have this appalling when i was a teenager appalling uh, american accent you know that i would put on i listen back to it now it makes me cringe you know so now I try and sound like a choir singer, but singing rock songs, you know. And I think that's absolutely right, because I, I've had a few lessons uh, with a, a singing teacher, and she asked me what sort of style I wanted to perfect or learn, and I said classical. But I've heard her doing... She's given me examples of belting and, and all, all the different... The rock styles yeah. and the, the um, what you call those gospel singers, that style. Yeah. But they all come back to the same breathing and um, control of the way you stand and broadening your ribs and projecting your voice and using your mouth and really letting the words come. It all comes back to that, whatever style you use. So. Mm. Yeah, you you. Um, it's finding the one that fits you as well. I yes, think. it I is. Yes, yes, because I think you have to modify, don't you, quite often what you're. What well, you're, you're, you're stuck with what you've got as well. I've got a certain kind of tone to my voice, mm. and that worked very well in choir, and it worked and it works quite well in musicals, but initially it didn't work very well in rock, and I'm trying to get to a point where it works better now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. It's funny how how, how the voice works. Mm. I'm kind of learning it and feeling comfortable with it, and, mm. and, and you know, learning, working out how because we use it all the time, all the time. But yes. we don't really know what we're doing, what we're doing, <laughs> yeah. and how it, how it happens. Yeah, yeah. 
and it's a wonderful therapy singing oh yeah isn't it sure it, it gets the old endorphins going when, you, when you're having a good old belt yeah singing and listening to music yes. both I think music taps into something something else that, 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 that nothing else really gets to I, uh, it just gets gets to a point like music and words together you know interests me a lot but I've come to realise that I used to say I was more about the words than the music, but now I realise that I'm, I'm more about the uh, the music of the words, mm. if you see what I mean. Mm. So yes, the, the music's essential, and it gets you in a place that you don't get. I don't get from reading yeah. uh, books or prose, or and I love all of those things. I do those yes. things, but yes. yeah. Haven't they shown that there's a one particular area of the brain which is activated when you're listening to I think so music. I think I've heard, yeah I think and I've heard that's, that that's presumably what, what what you're tapping into yeah. isn't it and so the other the, the other thing that you're doing is you said you were saying one of the other things you're doing is yoga yes. and that's about kind of mastering the body I guess is, uh, more than just a voice so. well it's it's actually yoga means union and it's the union of the mind and the body yeah um and that's a fascinating subject because the, the, there's a whole physical side which is something that I, d- I don't think I'll ever master in my lifetime. And I, 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 well, I know I won't. I know and then saying, there's yeah. the spiritual side, if you like, and the, what would you call it, the philosophical... Uh, there's an awful lot of history behind it. It goes mm. way, way back, doesn't it, to yeah. India. And... Um, but I find that immensely helpful um, if I am feeling down because um, I think part of the way I, I feel down is often I get very anxious about stuff and I worry and it keeps going round and round in my mind. And with yoga, either when you're practicing an asana, a, a posture, or um, if you're meditating and just trying to exist in the here and now and not have any thoughts from the past or any worries about the future they both help to lift me you know and sure. to, to, to put me back into perspective if you like I mean I've spoken to a few people who, who do yoga in these conversations and it's I, I don't know if you know this about me I did dance for a year at university so I've learned a bit of yoga myself no uh, it's, it's funny. There, there, there yeah. are so many things I didn't know. About <laughs> <laughs> well, that's quite a rare one. Not very many people expect that about me. Not very many. Like, I, I, I do seem to end up talking about it on this show quite a lot. But I, I uh, yeah, it was a, a, it was out of character for me to do dance. But I, um, I wanted to do playwriting or direction, but there weren't enough people who were interested in doing those courses. Oh. So kind of the reason I went to university was kind of cancelled. So I thought, well. I could do something completely that I would never do, you know, and see what that's like, because since I can't do the things I want to do, so I I chose dance, and I think it was probably the most valuable course I did at university, actually. I learned so much about my body. I'm never going to be a great dancer. No, I'm never going to be a great dancer. (laughs) But again, dance is like voice. You can learn what you can do, and you can kind of play to those strengths, I think. But I'm never going to be a great dancer, sadly. But I, I did learn a bit of yoga as part of that, and I've, I, I found it really, um, you know, re- al- already I could sense that it was potentially very therapeutic. Mm. Um, and, you know, you'd struggle out of bed and you'd get into this sort of, I think it was an 8.30 or something, dance 
Monday morning dance workout thing that we had to do uh, and you'd sort of you'd go in and you'd be tired and you'd be you know stressed out or you know you'd have been touch and go whether you were going to get out of bed because you're a student and you'd been to bed late the night before you get in there and then you would start with the sun salutation and that just would put me in a different space Mm -hmm. you know and actually being in the moment because that's kind of what you were alluding Mm -hmm. to then which Mm -hmm. is a big idea of of yoga and uh, meditation and all of these things that's kind of where I find peace as well I think Mm. I think singing is when you can be in the moment yes these conversations actually are very in the moment for me like you know here I am present in the moment with you having this conversation um and that's something I can't make myself do without finding this kind of space you know that I've made for this show um because I because I'm like it sounds like I have a similar thing to you in that I get anxious and I get get have circular uh, thought processes and I want to you know be in the moment and not have that experience um, I mean was there before we before we get into that subject uh, is it that is there anything else that you do at the moment that you, like, I think did we not we didn't mention the Women's Institute don't you work in the Women's Institute uh, I'm or a member them, I, I was I was on the committee and I was president very briefly but uh, I gave that up as soon as I could. I I did a year and that was more than enough. I'm not president material. (laughs) I'm not committee material really but uh, it was interesting. It was very interesting and I don't think, I'm glad I did it but uh, it it, it wasn't for me. And The the WI is an interesting what would you call it? Organisation? Institution? Institution? Yeah, yeah. Women's Institute. It is an institution. Because they do an awful lot more than you might think. Um, they they come up with resolutions to put before Parliament. Well, first of all, they, all the uh, members of the, of the WI have to vote on them. But they can become mandates. And they have actually influenced... Um, decisions, Parliament decisions in the past and hopefully will do in the future. So yes, that, that, that's been good. That's once a month. Um, but my other big thing is swimming. Ah, oh, yes. I love swimming. <laughs> and um, have done ever since I can remember because I can remember learn, teaching myself to swim at the local pool when we lived in Bradford-on-Avon. So I must have been... I don't know, um, six or seven, something like that. And I used to go down to the pool on my own and just gradually got to be able to do doggy paddle and, and loved it. And then when I went to big school, when I was eight, they gave us lessons and we had to learn breaststroke. And I couldn't get on with breaststroke. I could do my doggy paddle, but... Breaststroke just uh, defeated me, and uh, but I, I managed to overcome that and went and did um, life saving and stuff, you know. And then, as time's gone on, I've been doing long distance swimming, um, and I also swam for a, they call them master swimmers. When you're over twenty five, you're a master swimmer if you belong to a club. And so I swam competitively oh, wow. for them. I didn't know that. 
Well, it, it was quite late on. You know, I didn't I didn't join them until I was forty-ish, I suppose. Wow. Um, but I had a few what they called improver lessons at my local pool, and that helped me a lot because I could only do breaststroke to start with, but then I learned to do butterfly, backstroke, and um, front crawl. So I was able to do um, whatever the club wanted me to. But my my biggest disappointment was um, open water swimming. I wanted to do the long distance open water swimming, but I the only time I did a competition, I I got hypothermia, oh. and after three quarters of an hour, they had to come and take me out of the of the water. So that was a big blow actually because I I really set my sights up. But it but it did me good, you know. It made me realise you can't always have what you want, yeah. can you? You've got to. Um, Accept that you've got limitations. Yeah, well, it's, again, it's like working out how your body works and what you can do and, and what works for you, yes, I guess. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, wow. So, um, one of the when when I when I when I do this show, as you know, I ask people beforehand what, what areas of their life they'd like to talk about, and. An area that you suggested talking about, um, I guess it's, it wasn't a surprise exactly to me, but maybe it was, was that uh, you, you thought it would be in, of interest to people to hear about your um, experience of depression. I mean, I guess that I probably had an inkling that you had battles with that, that particular thing. I mean... As I've slightly alluded to already, it's it's something that I mean I, I think that's probably something you share with my mother, and it's certainly something that I share is that I have a a capacity towards depression. Um, not I don't think in the same. I think everybody's. I was I was doing a conversation with someone recently about this, and I I, I kind of irreverently described said what flavour depression have you got you know because it because everybody's got very different uh, experience of that word that word means something so different to everybody and I'm I'm sure mum's experience of it is is different from yours and my experience of it is different from yours but it probably we all we all share some genes don't we We so that that, 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 that may may have something to do with it so I guess what's your flavour of depression how have you experienced depression (laughs) I wasn't diagnosed, if you like, um, straight away. And when I look back, I, I know I must have uh, suffered bouts of it in my teens, um, but didn't have treatment. But then, um, when I'd had the boys, I, looking back, I think I had postnatal depression. Yeah, that makes sense. And, in fact, after Bob was born, my first my first son um, I did have um, antidepressants for a while but it was a very short while I think it was about four weeks and then my GP said I'd rather you didn't carry on taking them now that was 30 odd years ago and I think the feelings changed since then I think now they realise that you can need them for quite a long time if not forever because mm. it looks as if I'm going to be on them for the rest of my life, which I've I've had a lot of um, angst about that. I, I don't like taking pills any more than the next person does, 
but if it's going to be something that helps my quality of life and the way I relate to everybody in my life um, then so be it and and it was described to me by by my GP as being rather like um, a diabetic who needs insulin every day the brain chemistry is wrong and the antidepressants supply the missing link um, they bump up the serotonin That's or, right. or, or dopamine or yes yeah. yes um, and thinking of it in that way, then I, I don't feel quite so guilty because I certainly did. I used to feel quite guilty that I was popping pills for for something which I felt I ought to be able to uh, cope with. Mm. But the I'm sure you know too, Dave. The the black times are dreadful, and um, it's that feeling that there can't be anybody else as stupid or as as um, incapable as you because you can't pull yourself up on your own you can't get out of the pit if you like um, you feel helpless um, and you just don't know what to do in fact you think the only way out is to finish everything and that is when you look back on times like that you, you know you just you yeah. wonder how you got through it well, that's just that's a moment that I've never. I don't think I've ever. I'm. I'm. My flavour is. I've got. A, 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 as I suspected, I've got a luckier. There's more anxiety, less depression in my right. experience of 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 my my mental health. But I, when I get depressed, I do get very down, and I have that kind of feeling that you're describing. Yeah. But I've never got to the point where I've I've wanted to not exist. But I've never got to the point where I've connected that to an action that could be right. taken. Right. Am I uh, am I gathering from what you're saying that you have got to that point, or yes? Yes, twice. And um, your mum will remember the first time, bless her, because uh, she fortunately came and found me um, in my bedroom at home. But the thing, I. I I want to try and explain is it's not um, it's not so much it's not only wanting to do it for yourself it's because you honestly believe that everybody else would be better off without you yeah. that you are a problem to people that yeah. you are a burden to them and that they're constantly having to worry about you and you know is she okay now or is she going to go and do something it's um and you think that's that is the kindest thing for everybody at yeah. the time at that time no I mean I've, I've had very close friends who've been suicidal and that's how they've spoken at that really? period of time yeah yeah and it's hard to hear because you know that the opposite is true but they don't know and you're right to make that distinction because people don't think that yeah. people often talk about suicide as selfish and the effects of it may be selfish on the family and friends around that person, but often that is not the motivation of the person at the time. I think yeah. you're really right to say so. And you're right, people don't think about that. And obviously you've been in that position. And, and, and you're right. Um, in retrospect, you can see how dreadful it would be for them, you know, if, if, if it worked and, 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 and if you did manage to finish everything it, it would be 
it would be for your children, for your husband, for, for your whole family, it would be such a, I don't know, a, a rejection, a, 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 a force, a forceful pushing away of, of shutting them off of, I don't know. And even for yourself, this is the other thing, for yourself ten days later or ten days before that moment, you know, that act that you would be doing in that moment, you're thinking this is best for me and for everybody. You, you know, you're involved mm. in that calculation. Mm. But that's the, the, you know, that's the thing that, 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 that 10 years later you may be having a very nice life and if mm. you'd been lucky, as you might think at the time, because that's the, that's the other thing I've, I've found in people who've been suicidal, that they're, they're often, when they discover they've been unsuccessful, that, that, that that's not a happy moment for them right. because they intended to die. Right, right. Yeah. Yes, and then you've got all the sorting out to do as well, the, the, God, the bridges yeah. to mend, you know, yeah. the explanations and the counselling and, yeah. So how, how old were you, I guess, when you first... That first time, I must have been about 15 or 16, I think. Um... Yes. Do you think that depression came with teenage, or do you think... Quite possibly, yeah? yes. Um, h- hormones, I think, do play quite a, quite a part in it, don't they? I mean, yeah, I th- well, often that's the case. And I mean, if you... I mean, do you, do you remember having a happy childhood, I guess, is the question, or do you remember being depressed in childhood? I mean, Well, funnily enough, I, I, I do remember times of, of crying and... and for no apparent reason, just having these awful um, long bouts of crying and uh, wondering what it was all about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so there, there, I think there could have been episodes right, right, right way back. Because I think that's the thing. It's a lot of the time, uh, childhood is, is 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 very much a part of of, of people's mental health, but mm. we kind of don't realise because mm. uh, it's such a strange time when you're a child. It's, yes. it's, it's such a very odd way that you experience the world that, yes. you know it feels like a dream a little bit when you think back on it so you don't really prod it as much as as, as you can you know with with adult memories you can prod a little bit easier I don't blame anybody though sure I really don't I don't uh, I, I I wouldn't necessarily agree with everything um, that happened throughout my my um, early childhood but I do believe at the end of the Day, um, I'm responsible for my behaviour and I'm responsible for making decisions now if I feel that what was done before has, has um, not been right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with that. Do you? Um, I don't blame anyone either for m- m- my uh, mental health issues, I guess, which are mild compared to many people I know. And so... I always think it's important to stress that I don't want people to think I'm kind of claim, making great claims for being a troubled artist. I'm not that troubled comparatively to people, but um, certainly my childhood has a lot to do with how I feel. But I definitely don't blame anybody within that childhood because every. I mean, one of the things I've found really useful to to embrace as as I get older, is the idea that, you know, everybody's just trying their best, you know? Yes. Nobody really knows what they're doing. There's no instruction manual. Yeah. 
No, that's absolutely true, Dave. And, and, and then when you um, are put in the situation of, for instance, your parent, one's parents, you realise uh, it, it's just it's a minefield, isn't yes, it? Yes, absolutely. Mm. And that's, I mean, that, and that's a hard, hard, I think, I mean, I, I, at the moment, I mean, I'm, I'm only 31, so who knows, but at the moment I don't intend to have any children mm. um, because I don't want to put myself into that position of, because of, of, I know that I am capable of, uh, I don't want to repeat, let's say, um, things that happen to me. Right. And so I, at the moment, am choosing to not not go down that route. So, like I say, who knows? Ten years time, I don't want to. I don't want to listen back to this and think, "What an idiot!" You know. So I'm I'm leaving the door slightly open, but at the moment, that's my intention. Mm. I mean, I mean, I guess it sounds like you know, if 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 when it, it really hit you bad was partly when you had your children. I mean, I guess that's a very pertinent issue for you, I guess, of finding yourself, oh, hang on, now I know why it might have been hard for my parents, because mm. it's really hard mm. for me now. Yes, indeed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, my marriage breakup um, is, is quite closely interwoven with it all. Sure. Um, and the fact that I didn't have joint custody of the boys that's that's always been a a, a grief to me because um, I had no input into their upbringing at all after I left my first husband so um, it's quite a quite a sort of knotty time mm. yeah I mean was when did you get diagnosed? I mean, so you you had a brief diagnosis then, I guess. Uh, yes, after I had Bob, um, but it wasn't until I'd left um, my first husband and, and the children, and I uh, came to see a GP in West Swindon actually, that I, I was diagnosed. He he uh, he's, he he said. And I, I realise pretty much that he's right because I've tried a couple of times to come off the um, medication. Right. And very slowly, you know, being weaned off it very, very gradually. Um, both times um, it hasn't worked. So... Um, well, I don't think it's... I think my, my feeling on on medication is whatever works for the person like it's kind of like learning your what we were talking about before like finding out what what your best voice is or what your best uh, exercise kind of regime or whatever is some people medication is very I've known people's lives be absolutely made so much better by medication I've also known people whose lives have actually been made worse by medication because yes. it really is finding the right medication. Yes, and, yes. and the side effects can be diabolical. Sure, mm. that's right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, and if it's working for you, then that's a great thing, I think. Yes, I, I feel I'm very fortunate. I really do, yeah. I mean, and you've, at this moment in your life as well, you seem to have kind of 
do you find that you're happier now than you were? Do you, th- do you think that's fair? Or yes, uh, yes. I maybe don't get the the highs and lows. Um, I, sorry, that that wasn't well put. I I perhaps don't get as as euphoric because I'm on medication. Sure. Because that it, it's presumably suppressing hand in hand, isn't they, it? Yeah. Yes, yes. But I feel so much more content and grateful really I, th- I think you know grateful to be alive and to have so much so it's I've got this lovely home and garden and gorgeous and husband and doing really great like loads of activities and loads of things that you yes, enjoy and that that I enjoy. enrich your life it's yes. a really kind of valuable place to have got to I guess yes yes I agree Dave yeah and yeah um, and you have got a, a, a gorgeous husband as well mm. um, <laughs> I mean like and you, you two don't have uh, children together, do you? No, and, we don't. Um, and I mean, I guess he's a little bit younger than you as yes. well. <laughs> he's my toy boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, how like how is as 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 I, I, I imagine that he has been of great value value to your mental health, like to to helping you to to be centered. Oh and to, yes, yes. He, he, he's helped so much. He's um, he's very, as I expect you've you've realised. He's very laid back. He's very accepting of everything. Um, things don't don't dismay him easily, and he's always good at thinking around what you, what what one might think are problems. He, he's um, he likes the challenge, <laughs> yeah, he does, yeah. and and in business, you know, that's that's what he likes best, ha- having something to sort out or set up or put right. Um, and I suppose I was a good challenge for him <laughs> <laughs> when you met me. And we just—it was incredible because um, I'd left my first marriage after seventeen years, and the last thing on my mind was um, getting. Another partner, you know, linking up. But um, we met so soon afterwards; it was incredible. We both liked gliding. I I joined the gliding club at um, Halavington near here, and Willie was a member. Yeah, and uh, and that's how we got to know one another. Oh, well, you met through so, gliding. I because yeah, yeah. I, when yeah. I spoke to Willie just just before this, I, we talked about gliding for quite a long right. time, um, and I didn't know that you were doing the, the gliding too. So that's an interesting piece of the puzzle put together. Mm, yeah. Well, that's really good. Um, I'm just going to check the times. Oh, yeah. Just about there. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we'll wrap up this half of the conversation. We're going to ha- go and have dinner. Um, and then afterwards, they'll hear us again. At the, I guess at a different point in the evening, I guess, and we'll 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 resume then. That's um, fine. Thanks so much for so, for everything we've we've done so far. Thank you. Okay, so so we've been out. We've had a, a very nice meal, and here we are back in the house again. Um, we've had some rich food. So we may be in a different uh, place in the way that we talk, or but who knows? That's quite possible, isn't it? It is. Oh, hang on. I did, the, I did this the last time as well, didn't I? I sort of put the thing down and then... And then remembered. <laughs> I should have. Oh, no, it's fine. It's, it, one of the things I like about this show is it being kind of, kind of very real. 
And so spontaneous. Yeah, like things like this remind people that this is a moment that happened. So we we, we cover quite a substantial amount of things really in our in our first half of this conversation. Is there anything more that you'd like to say about the issues that we were discussing previously? I don't think so. No, nothing's, nothing's been bugging at me uh, while while we've been away. You yeah, know, well, we've been saying, guessing. "Oh, I must remember to to tell Dave this, or I must say that." So, no, I don't. I don't think so. That's fair enough. Hopefully, I won't sort of listen back and go, "Oh, I should have asked this question." <laughs> question, um, which happens occasionally, but not 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 too often, which yeah. is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess one of the things I know about you is that you went to boarding school, uh, as did my mum. W- what was that like? It was absolutely horrible to start <laughs> with. Um, yeah, I hated it to start with and was very homesick. And I used to cry a lot. And the, I should think the teachers were just um, doing their nuts, their collective nuts over me because uh, I, d- I don't suppose I learned anything for that first while. I was just so... I'd, I'd had no idea what it was going to be like, you know, and that um, feeling of, of my parents going away and then just being there and having to go to bed in this dormitory of... I can't remember how many we were now, but probably eight or ten, something like that. It, it, it was very different in those days, I think, from how, how boarding school is nowadays. And we didn't have uh, cubicles or curtains between the beds or anything like that. It was literally that many beds in the room. And so you had no privacy. Not that that worried me, actually. I didn't mind that. Um, I suppose it was just that I... I, I I was eight, and um, and I missed my home, and I, and I missed all my familiar surroundings. And yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was pretty horrible. Having said that, um, we were we. I would June. Your mum didn't come then. She she came a year later, and we were weekly boarders. So we did go home at the weekends. Now I'm not sure if that was a a good thing or not in retrospect because the termly boarders, the ones who didn't go home, used to do things at the weekends and they were probably a bit like treats that uh, they yeah. they deserved for the weekend, you know. Yeah. And we weekly boarders weren't included, so it was a bit divisive, I think. In, yeah, in that I can respect. see that. Yeah. yeah. And also... Um, for me, I don't know if it was the same for your mum, um, but Sunday nights were horrendous because I used to start dreading going back on Monday morning. Yeah. And so that sort of spoiled the end of the weekend at home. But then, of course, there was the delirium on Friday of looking forward to going home again. So it was uh, oh, quite a quite a mixed bag of, of emotions, I think. Sure. Yeah. And I boarded for three years, and um, your mum for two. 
so she came a year after I did and, and we both finished at the same time because um, Granny and Grandpa moved into Bath so we were allowed to be day girls at Bath High School then. Okay. The reasoning, um, according to the headmistress, was that eight miles was too far for us to travel to school and from school every day. Okay. Mm. I think again nowadays um, that wouldn't that wouldn't be a problem. I don't think eight miles would be seen as a as, as, a, yeah, as yeah. an insuperable um, obstacle. Do you? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I guess that the reason you were boarding was because you, so you were in a village and that's going That's in, right. right. The, she, yes, the headmistress felt it was too far, it would be too tiring for us to commute um, to and from every day. Okay. Yeah. And, I mean, well, because I don't really know what you did, how, like, after school. Like, I don't know, like, I, I know you were in a boarding school, but I don't really know what your... I guess career is was I don't, what, if, whether you had oh, a career or anything like oh, you that. mean when I left school yeah, yeah sure ah well I chickened out really because I started doing A-levels and then I realised I was pretty lazy and I wasn't prepared to put in the work needed to pass them to sit these exams and pass them. That wasn't the only reason, but it was certainly one of them. And so I asked if I could leave in my A-level year and um, start nursing training. Right. Because you could go off and train to be a nurse um, before you were 18. I think I was... Yes, I must have been 17 when I went. And they accepted me for nursing training at University College hospital in London. Right, so you were a nurse, or you trained to be a nurse, the same as my mum also trained to be a nurse. Yes, she did, yes. Well, I started, but I only did six months, because I was a hopeless, a hopeless nurse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it, it, it wasn't me at all. What was it that didn't work for you about it? One of the things was, um, the human aspect. I was all right with the, with the, the gory side, if you like, you know, the people vomiting and the diarrhoea and sure, all that yeah. stuff. But that stuff doesn't really phase me either. No. I've never found that to phase me much. No, no, I didn't mind that. Um, and I think if I'd got that far, I wouldn't have minded um, surgery, you know, and, and theatre work. But it was the human aspect. I, I, I just wasn't any good at... at um, at so, uh, supporting people when they when they were ill and um, being detached enough to to give them that support without getting involved with them, if that makes sense. Sure, yeah, it makes sense. So you felt too much for them. Like yes. There was too much, you had too much empathy, which meant you couldn't yes. uh, do the, the necessary jobs. Yeah. Of, yeah. yeah. And... Um, I was on a medical ward, which I very much enjoyed. That was my first ward after training school. And, um, of course, patients die on medical wards more, more probably than they do on surgical wards because because of their age or, or because of um, what, what they're suffering from, you know, if it's a long-term um, terminal yeah. illness yeah. or whatever. 
um, and so I wasn't I wasn't good at death and I, I really admire people and I admire your mum because she she did it and she can do death yeah yeah, yeah she yeah. can do without yeah um, maybe I could now but I think being able to do it at that age it it takes a lot of courage and strength of character and, and I didn't have it then so what did you do then after those six months <laughs> so I left and um, did a secretarial course which sounds quite mundane but you know I really enjoyed it I loved doing shorthand it's like another language yeah 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 um, I've seen it it's weird yeah <laughs> <laughs> Pittman shorthand we did and um I like languages. I like French and, and um, German at school. So uh, somehow that, that, that appealed to me, the, the shorthand. And I learnt it very easily. And I was quite good at it and I was quite quick. So, uh, and typing too I liked. Whether it was because I was used to playing the piano, I don't know. But that, that came very easily to me as well. So um, I did a, a crash course and... Um, left after a year and got a job with the Ministry of Defence in Bath in a typing pool. Ah, right. So these, as you're saying, this vague, like, it's coming back to me, vague bits of information I've got over the years about, about what you did. About what I did, yeah. yeah. So you worked for the Ministry of Defence. Mm. I, I imagine you can't say very much about that. <laughs> My lips are sealed. Right. Well, it's, it's not... You, you sign the Official Secrets Act, whether you're a, a lowly typist or, you know, right up at the top. Yeah. But um, I, d I don't suppose we came into contact with anything um, at all. Secret? No, I shouldn't think so. You, in fact, you had to be vetted to type secret work, I think. And I and we, we, we weren't vetted in our, our typing pool. When I got married and we moved up to London, I transferred to Whitehall still with the Ministry of Defence and still in a typing pool and um, if I'd stayed on there I they, I think they'd like to have moved me out of the pool and I'd have been somebody's PA you know and, and been vetted and, and done, done and then you would have and then, and then you would have been a much more had a much more hard time at this moment in the conversation where you would have definitely had things that you would have really been fascinating to say but you wouldn't be able to <laughs> say them. Been allowed, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it was it was quite it was quite fun in in London actually in Whitehall. Um, looking back, it it uh, it was very different and um, quite. Um, well, it was a bit. I suppose it was a bit like, uh, literally, was going to the city from from the town, you know, and 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 all that went with it. It was it was, the underground intrigued me, and um, it was all quite exciting. Oh yeah. 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 And um, Whitehall itself is it's an imposing building inside as well as out, and yeah. Um, I enjoyed that, but we lived in Crouch End which is North 8, or was then, I don't know if it still is, mm -hmm. and um, they had a, there was a, in those days, the telephone was a, uh, what was it, a, a, a corporation? Um, they had a, 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 I worked in Telephone House. Okay. And it was um, all the, all the, there were places like Potter's Bar and, and um, outlying, 
um, villages or, or parts of London, yeah. and they would phone in to the typing pool, and I'd sit there with the phone and take down their work in shorthand. Okay. And um, type it up, and then um, it would get sent sent back to them. Okay. So, and it meant that I could. We had a basement flat in um, Rosebury Gardens. Um, I could literally walk to Telephone House within ten minutes. So, you know that that, that was quite handy. But I, I I missed I missed Whitehall for the well for the for the. Ambiance, I think you know, and the the feeling that you were part of a, a quite a big, quite a big thing. Not not that Telephone House wasn't quite a big thing, because it was, but very different. A different thing, mm. yeah. And that was when you were with your first first husband, husband. and he was still a dental student. He was at um, the London Hospital in his last year of dentistry and in fact for the, li- the last nine months before he took his finals mine was the only money coming in and, and I used to feel very proud of that actually yeah. you know he had his grant but uh, we, w- we were living on, on my money and managing to pay the rent on the flat and, and am, I, our lives. am I remembering rightly was he a military dentist or is that just well no he, that, 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 that was later okay. he, he, he was just a, a, a dentist when he qualified he was just a dentist but um, he uh, had work in London to start with he worked in Tower Hamlets um, and, and he was working with ch- uh, school children then mm. okay. but his father became very ill and um, they lived in Bath and knowing that his time was limited John said I think we should move so we moved to Bristol so that we, we were on hand for visiting his father in Bath. Oh, OK. I didn't know you lived in Bristol. Mm. Yes, we lived in Bristol for two years, I think it was. And then after his father died, we he joined the army. That's when John went into the army um, as an army dentist. And we were posted out to Germany, to Krefeld. Oh, right. Near the Dutch border. And I must say, I really enjoyed that. That uh, we were out there for three years, and uh, I um, I loved learning the language because it's so much easier to learn it when you're there in yeah, the sure. country yeah, with yeah. everybody else speaking it, you know. Um, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. So then, and then we were posted back to England. And after 11 years of marriage, I became pregnant with Bob, which was quite a surprise because we thought, as it happened earlier, that maybe we couldn't have children. Right. But um, turns out you could. It turns out you could. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had Bob while we were living in Warwickshire. Um, but then that's when it started to get really difficult, for me anyway, because I think once I'd had a child, I didn't want to be moving every two or three years yeah. and um, I found the packing up and the moving and having to start all over again in another place with a, a small child quite difficult and when we were posted back to German, Germany again I was pregnant with um, Nick and that's really when, when it all it all went to pieces, you yeah. know, the marriage broke down. I, I, I just wasn't coping. I couldn't cope with the children. I couldn't sure. cope with being away. 
Um, and now I finally realised that um, my marriage wasn't right. You know, I kept trying to trying to think. Well, no, it's not. It's not us. You know, it's something else. It's 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 because I'm not in England, or it's because of this. It's because of that. And then finally was able to to admit to myself that um, it, the marriage wasn't right and hadn't been for quite a long time. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a. I mean, that's a, it's a hard conclusion to come to. And, I, and I've known many people, my, my parents included, who've had to come to this kind of uh, conclusion, and it's a hard one. But I think generally the right one, you know, than, yes. you know. And in a way, the sooner people come to it, the better, yes. in a way. Yes. Um, and then, so, I mean... Willie, your second husband, is also in, was also in the forces. So you were a, a, not an army. You weren't an army wife. You were an army wife first time round and an RAF wife second time round. Uh, I mean, I, when I was talking to Willie, it sounded like he went, but you didn't go with him. He is that right, or did you? That's right. Yeah. Well, but um, he he wasn't actually posted anywhere where we where we couldn't live a lot alongside he never really liked the idea of women of, of wives having to um, be housed by the forces yeah he he wanted to feel that his house was his yeah and, and he wanted to get on the ladder so that we wouldn't be faced with the problem of trying to afford a house at the if end we of came the out many career, years yeah. later so um, we actually bought that that um, house in West Swindon okay. together, and um, when he talks about being away, that was through well, partly through his job, which was flying with fighters yeah. and refueling them, and going on exercise and all that. But also um, it, during the Gulf War, of sure, course, he was away yeah. for the whole of the yeah. That's that's where he, yeah, that's where he sort of he, he said, "I'll see you tomorrow" or something, yeah, and then he came back yeah, you know, at Christmas. That's right, yeah. And I mean, and it sounded like as well that you you were very kind of Im- instrumental in the initial running of the water business. That, that, that he was kind of, I guess, did he provide the capital for that? And but you were the operations. Well, or? it's interesting you should say that, Dave, because I, I often forget this. But my uncle, um, that's my father's brother, when he died, he left provision for me and for mum in his estate and we used that as capital to start the business oh, right. it's only it's all thanks to him that we were able to start the business without borrowing right yeah you know, no, we that's were able great. to just put our own money in and and, uh, and so and um we did it together or you know right from the beginning we most of it came from him because he he knew more about um, how he wanted it to go, and he he's got much much more of a business mind, and he's very entrepreneurial as yeah, well. Yeah, sure. But I I like the sort of front of house and the um, office side of things because that's where my shorthand and typing and secretarial experience came in. Yeah. Because I did all the well to start with. I used to drive the van as well and deliver the water. In fact, I'd have. That's right. Because he was still in the RAF. At that's the right. He was yeah. still in. Yes. Yeah. So our first customer was in Bristol. I expect he told you that, didn't he? Um, I don't think no. He don't think he told me this, but so we had we had one customer, <laughs> and um, so I 
well, he came with me and we put the cooler in. But then after that, I used to drive along, deliver the water, um, give them the delivery note, go back home, um, type up the invoice in, in the in the office, uh, send that off, and you know it, 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 it was it was more or less all done by me, just, <laughs> just for that one customer. Then it, wow. it's amazing how quickly it grew. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, he was talking a bit about that. That does seem like an amazing amount of offices waters that you were supplying we were and I think we just were lucky because we came into the market at exactly the right time and we got out at the right time yeah. and we didn't even get out intentionally it was only because we were headhunted and, and offered this you know it was, it was a figure that you just couldn't you couldn't say no to sure. um, so we have been very very lucky really oh yeah fortunate. yeah yeah, I mean, it's it's funny how that goes, isn't it? Mm. Lucky, I mean, that's one of the things that I think the older I get, the more I look at the world and see luck as being one of the biggest biggest factors in anything, you know. You've got to have, you know, if, you, if you're going to be successful, yeah, you've got to have some skills, probably. Not always, but probably. Um, but you have to have a good dose of luck as well. I think you do. I yeah. think you do. Willie's very much... Um, for saying that he he also believes in making the right choices at the right time. Yeah, and that's true. That, too. that that's a big element too. You know, the decisions you make as you go along are obviously crucial, aren't they, to, to the direction you take and how you end up. So, yeah. Um, that was a big thing as well. Yeah, that's really true. Mm. So, I mean, one thing that I was thinking earlier on when you were talking, and it's something I never m- managed to get around to talking to Willie about, but I think he he might have different answers anyway than the ones that you've got. But when you were talking about the things that you do now, you were talking about um, that you sing in choir and you do, uh, I think, did you use the word sacred? I think you might have done uh, oh, singing. Yes. Yeah. And you, you're doing yoga as well, which is, again, a very spiritual uh, thing to be doing. Um, so, I mean... Where are you spiritually? Like, what, what flavour of spirituality do you have? That's an interesting one. Uh, I believe in God, and I believe in the life um, after death, life everlasting. But I'm very bad about going to church, and um, I've been confirmed, and so um, I take communion when I do go to church, when I go to church service. I'm not good at reading my Bible. Um, I'm a very... I don't know how to describe myself. I'm not a... I won't say I'm not a practising Christian, because I also try and and live by the the Christian tenets, if you like, Um, but I ha- perhaps I just haven't found a, a church I feel comfortable with here, because in in many ways I would I would love to be a um, a permanent part of a church, maybe sing in its choir, you know, and be part of the of the fa- the fabric of it to keep it to keep it alive. Mm. But I I'm also very aware of the pitfalls of of. Um, church communities and I know how bad I am at confrontation or, or as I said um, being on committees and things like that so in in, in a way I, I I would hesitate about getting involved in a church fellowship or community what, 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 
what is it do you, do you find complicated about confrontation? Because, I mean, your sister is pretty good at confrontation. <laughs> she is. <laughs> I don't know, Dave. I just, um, I've, ever since I can remember, I've hated it if my parents' voices were raised, if there was... Um, if I felt that somebody was cross with me or annoyed or irritated or um, against me in any way, I found it very hard to handle. Yeah. Um, so I've been a sort of yes person, I think, for most of my life. I just, and I'm sure that that had a, a lot to do with my first marriage. I tried to be what I thought he wanted me to be. I wasn't myself. Yeah. Um, lately, I, I think I've, I've been able to, to come out of this a bit because um, I've, I've been helping with the choir um, on, on a, a sort of um, organisational level and um, I've managed to ask people to do things which I thought they would uh, not like me for asking. Um, and and to cope if if they didn't like like it and uh, maybe maybe I'm finally growing up <laughs> at the grand age of sixty six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it takes a lifetime to have a lifetime, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, yeah. it's it's always an ongoing process. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, what 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 for you are the pitfalls of? churches then love of a, of a church community like what's the dangers there perhaps I, I I would be too puritanical I would want it to be all nice and um, no bickering and 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 um, sniping behind people's backs and um, yeah you know I I made the tea for the, for after the service last week. Why should I have to do it again? It's supposed, Why can't it's supposed to be about God. It's not supposed to be about human yeah. Yeah. pettiness, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. And I and I feel, rightly or wrongly, I would want to be able to relate to the vicar. I would I would want to really feel um, that there was a good relationship. And yet I know that's impractical because, you know, vicars are going to come and they're going to go, aren't they? Or you're going to go from one church to another. Mm. So you can't, you can't expect that. But um, so often I've been to a church and not been moved or not been touched by the sermon or by the feeling of, of, of um, the service. It's hard, it's hard to explain. Yeah, no, that's really interesting, though. I think it's, it's. I mean, it's not always about the conclusion. It's, sometimes it's about the process of trying to work out why. I mean, this is. It, I know what you mean. I mean, I I'm not a believer at all. Um, no. But I I sometimes get touched by some church, church ser- services, and others leave me very cold. And I mean, you know, from the, coming from the other side of not believing, it's it's still a t- it's still a you know, it, I can still be touched, and right, you you come from the point of view of believing, but you can still be left cold, and so mm. that's interesting. Mm. I mean, yeah, that is interesting. I mean, is it? I mean, is is your 
religion or your your spirituality or your Christianity? Is it? I mean, where does it stand on people who don't believe? Like, do I get into the last everlasting, uh, the the life everlasting, without believing? I c- I can't believe in a in a hell and damnation. Um, whether that's because I don't want to, <laughs> I don't but I can't I can't see that a loving God could meet out that kind of punishment to certain people and blissful heavenly light everlasting to, to another group of people. Yeah, um, I, I it just doesn't I mean, seem. I, I mean, I agree with you, but then I don't believe. So no, it's easy for no. me to agree with you. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not an atheist, I'm an agnostic, so oh, I, yes. I keep the doors open yes. and I, I'm, I'm, not, um, I'm not closed to the idea of some, some kind of thing. Although I don't know if I believe in life after death, but no. that's a, um, a very complicated kind of thing to unpick. It is. But, but I, I, I definitely think that, that a loving God would not decide some people get get in and other people don't based on if they believe in that that god or not Mm. um because we all know godly people who believe in god who are not very nice Mm. and we all know saintly uh people who don't believe in god or a different god and so it's very hard for me to square that idea of you get in and you don't based on something that feels a little bit arbitrary rather than something that's about the actual qualities that the the person Mm. possesses but I actually, th- I think the, I don't even think, I don't like the idea of even, I don't like the idea of good and bad, you know, I don't like the idea of good and bad people. I think we're all a mixture of those two things and we're all trying, like like I, you know, was saying earlier on, I can't remember if it was on or off mic, but, you know, we're, we're all trying to get through mm. life and mm. I don't want to cast judgment on people in that way. And it seems yeah. to me that you don't want, that's not, something that you're very inter- you're not interested in judging people no no not at all and and i i feel um i can visualize inside myself and and everybody this core of goodness which is always there um and even though um outside events might affect your behavior or your reactions i th- i think there's always that pure crystal core of goodness and, and um, therefore you know even even if you if if somebody's committed the most horrific act of violence or yeah has been the worst possible criminal the worst things we can think yes, of yes there's still they they still have that um Integrity, if you like, and 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 that's never. I don't think that's ever besmirched in anyone. That's a really interesting idea. That's something I'm grappling with a lot because I'm I'm trying to formulate how I think about 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 that issue really about about rehabilitation and uh, where we can become as a society more kind of aware of ourselves and, and, and by doing that like not putting walls between ourselves and the worst mm. as well as not putting walls between ourselves and the best you know mm. It's, mm. it's a really complicated area I guess there's one thing that 
that springs to mind that I feel like I should ask um, about if you believe, and this is, and I recognise this, you know, feel free to not answer or to not want to go here, but if you believe in life after death and there have been moments in your life where you've been suicidal, I mean, did you believe in life after death at that moment? That wasn't in my mind at all. Yeah. That that, um, belief, that thought... God, no, there was n- nothing. Nothing was in there at all, a- apart from this feeling that I needed to be got rid of in order to to to, to make things right with 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 all the people I loved. So, I mean, do you, has God been one of the things that's helped you? Like, has coming to God been something that's given you? Um, Ease from from your your situation like mentally has that helped? Has God helped you? I think so. Yes, I, I, I do think so. And 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 I um yes, because even even with music, um, you know, when when we sing, we we sing words to sacred music or sacred words to music, um. In a way, it's it's a it's a an interaction between ourselves and and whatever the the deity, whatever the the unknown um, is, and um, it's it's comforting to me to feel that there is something beyond us and and beyond the squalor and the everything that's bad about the world. Um, and uh, um, I was going to say that we can we can all aspire to. That's not right, though, is it? Um, maybe it's already in us. I mean, that's, maybe it is. Yes, that's the thing. I think. Yes. I mean, not. I mean, like I say, I'm I'm undecided, and I probably lean more towards the not than the belief, but. When I think about spirituality, I think there's something, something collective and outside us and inside us that we can tune into, whatever that is, whether it's an evolutionary trait or uh, whether it's the, something to do with the Big Bang, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. to do with the, the, the harmony of the universe or the whatever it is. Uh, it's a great thing when you find it. There have yes. definitely been moments I've experienced it. Yes, and, and it is moments, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It, 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 it? It's not there all the time. No. Um, it, it, it is a sort of a striving process. But uh, I think it might be a bit overpowering if it was there all the time well, as well. Yes. It does feel a little bit like I'm, I'm glad to get a moment of that, but I yeah. don't know if I could take a day. No, no. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's. I suppose it's it's easy to say um, believing is comfort comfortable is 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 a is a comfortable thing a comforting thing as well which it can be but um, 
you, you've also you've also got to, you know, we were talking earlier about having to work at marriage and. Um, yeah, we were talking about this at the dinner table. Yeah, I think you have to work at 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 this as well. You, you know, you 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 you've got to put in some some effort and some thought and um, and have some patience, perhaps as well. And, yeah, and then. Somehow, um, when, when you do get down, um, that you find the, the uplift is there, that, that there is something beyond yourself, which if you can think about it and, and let it come, come into you. Yeah, it's hard, it but, it's, but it's helpful as mm. well. Mm. I mean, it's a lot of the time people who have addictions find the higher power, that's how they... And that's not an easy thing to to do to find yeah. a higher power and yeah. to admit that you haven't you can't control everything. everything yeah I think that's really true mm-hmm. um but it's the thing that always I don't know I'm comfortable with not controlling everything that's fine with me um I'm a bit scared or wary of the idea of something else controlling everything you know Hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do That's understand I that. Um, wow. Well, yeah, I thought so. So, it's definitely more than time to round things up. So, the last question that I ask people, and you were actually in the room, I think, when Willie was answering this question, is do you have anything to plug? And you've heard my preamble, so I won't give you You know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. But I don't know if I have, because I'm such a... um, I don't feel I have the right to... to, uh, Oh dear, I'm tongue-tied now. Well, not having the right to is... is, 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 It's something that's come up before. Has it? Certainly, yeah. 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 Um, a few people have felt the idea of that's the problem with 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 giving that preamble and saying it's it. Some people take it as a big opportunity to say something. It kind of puts a pressure on, and a lot of people don't feel that they need to be preaching to people about what they should do in their mm. lives. And I've had people mm. um, make that comment before, mm. which kind of paradoxically is a is a plug, isn't it? It is a perspective. Yeah, well, yes, yes. Yes, I th- I, th- I think I think everybody needs to just find their own way through life, and um, it can take a long time. But uh, if you if you really try and, and and really lay yourself open to opportunities and um, circumstances, you can you. You will, and well, and things like this day—they they help, don't they? Because the more you talk about it with with people, yeah, the more your ideas become firmed and. Um, oh, certainly. This, is, I mean, concentrated. I mean, I've been saying you know a little bit to you about this while I've been here, but I mean, this is this doing this show has changed my life in a very positive way. I mean, it's been an intense couple of years of doing it, and uh, a little bit like what you were saying about God, like there's been times it's been very dark it's not always been easy to look and uh, 
to listen and to uh, I've been you know reevaluating my own past and getting so much wisdom from people that it sometimes feels a little bit overwhelming yeah. and contradictory wisdom because yeah. everybody's everybody's different yeah and so it's, you can't you, you still have to make decisions on who to listen to and who not to listen to yeah but it yeah I think it's valuable to talk this kind of becoming I'm almost becoming a kind of uh, what do you call it evangelical about talking and mm. listening and mm. trying to connect with people yeah yeah but you don't forget to live in between. Sure, well, I do try and live in between as well. But, you know, uh, this is life too. Mm. Um, and some really good... And like I almost feel like I was saying to you earlier on as well, I love, like, once the mic goes off, I have really interesting conversations with people still. You mm. know, and before the mic goes on, I have interesting conversations. And it's all so valuable. And, yes. and yeah, but like as I said as well, I'm a bit of a workaholic. Uh, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> that's, that's important, isn't it? I think so. Uh, so it's been a real pleasure getting better acquainted with you, and, and I definitely feel like I've got better acquainted with you. Um, and thanks for sharing these you know, very personal uh, experiences with me and with my listeners. <laughs> well, I feel I've got much better acquainted with you, which is, which is a privilege, cause, because of our... The distance geographically, and, and, and I suppose the, dis- the, the difference in our ages. <laughs> it, it's, um, it can't always happen, but uh, it's been a really good day. So thank oh, you thank very you much. very much. The last thing I ask people to do is just to say goodbye to the audience. Bye, everyone. Bye. As I said at the beginning, next week is a conversation that I had immediately before this one with my uncle Willie who is Margaret's husband so you hear some of his side of their marriage and you hear a lot more besides that about his time in the air force about his water cooler business about coming from a a working class Scottish background and getting to where he is now so listen out for that next week you can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter at GBA Podcast you can find it on Facebook it's Getting Better Acquainted have a search on Facebook and like it or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk you can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way and on the Stitcher Smart Radio app you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the app store There are lots of ways to get better acquainted.